Welcome to Live, Leadership, Innovation, Ventures, and Entrepreneurship, a podcast that showcases the talents, skills, and abilities of UT faculty, staff, and students. I'm your host, Brandon Jones, Associate Director for Student Learning and Development in Housing and Dining, and we're excited to have you listening to us. Welcome, everybody, to the Leadership, Innovation, Ventures, and Entrepreneurship podcast. I am your host, Dr. Brandon Jones, Associate Director for Student Learning and Development in Housing and Dining at the University of Texas at Austin. And today, we have another very special guest with us, and it's the person who actually gave us the idea to create the live podcast. And so I am happy to present to some and reintroduce to others my supervisor, Dr. Mylon Kirksey. Boss, how you doing today? Doing good, Dr. Jones. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. And I appreciate you taking the time to be with us on the show today. Since this is your brainchild, I thought it was very important to make sure that we bring you on the show and just talk to you about the work that you're doing here at UT, but also to give our audience a chance uh, to get to know more about you because I cite you literally every episode. I'm always saying something that you say in meetings or something that was inspiring that I thought would help our audience. And so it, it was the right thing to do to make sure we got you on the show at least one time this year. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to be here and talk to the people. And, you know, uh, appreciate you giving me the credit for the vision on the show. But, uh, you know, I think that's really your brainchild and all the great work that you're doing there. You know, uh, I think it's part of my official responsibilities to encourage you to do things. Hey, <laughs> you know? I'll take it. Uh, I'll take it. You know, but uh, I want to just, I'm just thankful to be a part of it and uh, have an opportunity to be a part of such a, I think, an innovative show and one that uh, is providing you know, a good platform for our students, faculty and staff at the university. Well, thank you for saying that. Uh, before we get into uh, the meat of our questions today, why don't you tell the folks a little bit about yourself, where you're from, your educational background, and uh, just a little bit about how you got to where you are today? Yeah, sure. You know, well, I'm originally from uh, Chicagoland area. You know, you got to say Chicagoland area because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. claim Chicago, people going to want to know exactly what high school you went to and everything like okay. that. Um, so in Chicagoland area, my um, my family, a majority of my family was raised in and around the Cicero area. I myself grew up in the southwest suburbs uh, around Darien and Willowbrook and uh, those places out there. So shout out for anybody who uh, knows those places, Bolingbrook and et cetera. So, yeah, originally from Chicago, been uh, a lot of different places uh, around the country as I've moved through, you know, undergraduate to graduate school uh, and then ultimately, um, you know, when I got my doctorate. So I've, I've lived in Illinois. I've lived in Washington, D.C. I mm-hmm. spent a summer uh, in Arizona, uh, wow. lived in uh, Georgia, um, now here in Texas. Uh, like I said, I've been in California. So um, really had a, an opportunity to see the country and uh, in many ways meet so many great people along the way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I um I was raised by a single mom, um, have two sisters, uh, one that I lived with all, you know, throughout my adolescent life. And, um, you know, my mom is, you know, the cornerstone, the center of my world um, in many ways. And so all of who I am, I owe to her and many fabulous women and men uh, who were great mentors, you know, for me throughout my entire life. You know, it takes a village, as they say, mm-hmm. uh, and I am no exception to that. 
No, thank you for sharing that, Dr. Kirksey. Um, talk a little bit about what it is that you do here at the university, because you wear a lot of hats, you sit on a lot of committees. And I know a lot of the times I know I'm in meetings or I run into people and they're always like, so y'all are residents life. And I'm like, yeah, we're just, we're residents life. It's like, yeah, but y'all are more than residents life. And I'm like, well, that has a lot to do with our leadership. And so I want to give the audience a chance to kind of get to hear from you, you know, um, what it is that you do as senior director and just, and then we'll go into your philosophy around, you know, leadership and all those different things as well. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Uh, you know, right. Dr. Jones, you talk about, um, you know, housing and dining being, uh, uh, an important player uh, on the university kind of campus uh, in terms of our ability and our privilege to be able to house uh, students on the campus. But we do, you know, of course, fulfilling the mission of keeping them safe and and uh, trying to create inclusive and welcoming environments for all students. Um, you know, we also contribute to, uh, you know, academic success and support structure all around the university. So you talked about being on different committees and such. Mm -hmm. um, that's a big part of it is making sure that we stay connected to the larger um, you know, campus mission and the values uh, of the institution towards uh, educating and supporting students. And so you, know, you and I we sit on different committees uh, related to academic success, first gen, um, you know, particular types of populations of students also. Mm -hmm. um, as we look at, um, you know, uh, African-American black student achievement, things like that. Um, and also uh, looking at orientation, working, working there, uh, different types of initiatives through our learning communities that we have, you know, trying to create intentional partnerships around the university to advance the academic mission and all those su the support services too. And of course, you know, when students are in crisis, you know, we come together with our partners around the campus also to brainstorm on ways that we can support mm -hmm. uh, through our housing. And, and even when students who are not living on the campus, uh, but maybe larger UT students who are living um, off campus, you know, when there's opportunities for us to support them, you know, we do so as well. And we have the fortune uh, to be able to also have food under our portfolio. While I don't directly oversee that, you know, I partner very closely um, with our senior director over food, mm -hmm. uh, Eric Geiger, and, um, you know, we work really well together. The entire department does, you know, yes. as we look at ways that we can just continue to help advance, you know, the mission of the university. Yeah. So how would you describe in the middle of all of that, how would you describe um, your leadership philosophy? Because I think that if you ask Anybody that's worked with you, whether it be directly or indirectly, the one thing that would would come up would be, you know, your philosophy and your approach to leading the folks that are in your area. How would you describe for our audience? Because remember, we got students, we got faculty, yeah. staff, parents that listen. How would you describe your leadership philosophy? Yeah, um, before I do that, uh, let me just actually go back for a second. I, I want to make sure, you know, just to share the piece of you know, residence life being that department mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and situated within that larger housing and uh, dining context, but residence life being responsible um, for, um, you know, the safety, well-being, the student engagement, right, of residential students um, trying to provide, you know, outlets and resources and, and ways to connect them to the large university. As a senior director, mm -hmm. I'm largely responsible for helping to create that vision of, you, you know, kind of open the show 
talking about our relationship and, and how it is that, you know, you and I will talk and, uh, you know, we'll create vision around, you know, how do we uh, engage uh, our student population? How do we serve our guests and vendors and visitors and people who come uh, within our residence halls and how do we serve the larger institution? So a large part of my job is helping to create that vision for how we enact it and also connecting uh, the vision of the university to what we do within residence life. Mm -hmm. And so for me, you know, um, you know, my leadership philosophy is, is kind of first among equals, right? I recognize the responsibility that I have to, to demonstrate um, the types of, you know, qualities and uh, expectations for performance that I have for my staff. Um, but I really do see that all of us play an equal and important role mm -hmm. uh, in making the business of residence life happen, right? Um, it's not just me alone saying what needs to happen and dictating that and then individuals just following that. But I'm trying to inspire thinking on behalf of what it is that we can do and asking people to be a part of that uh, in the co-creation of knowledge um, and figuring out what it is that we need to do uh, to enact our mission and our values in the vision. And so for me, you know, staff should be able to look to um, my example of whatever it is that I'm asking them to do, whether it's, you know, hard work or, um, or thought work, mm -hmm. or, you know, if I'm asking them to, you know, to work, to turn something around quickly because we need to, you know, provide uh, some input uh, into larger decision-making at the university, then, you know, I'm also on that call. You know what I mean? We're, we're getting it together together. Um, not just, you know, delegating it off and then saying, you know, let me know when you get there or right, you know, when right. done. It's, it's, you know, what part do you want to play? What part can you play? Um, and then how can I come in a little bit with an umbrella? You know, you kind of look, uh, I kind of view my leadership um, as, as kind of like a house philosophy, almost like, um, you know, what, what is the foundation that I need to be able to provide for the staff so they're all on good footing? Um, you know, what are you know, what's the roof? You know, what, what are the principles and the values that we are aspiring to achieve? Uh, what are the walls, right? What, where are the boundaries, right? Where are some places that we need to consider, uh, some bridges that we need to build, places that we um, need to stay within, you know, so that we're working within a context. Um, and then really everyone's the architects, right? They're the architects, designers. Um, they get to fill in the blank canvas, you know, um, right, it's a shell right. and then we bring life to it by what people contribute to it. You know, whether that's, you know, the wallpaper on the wall, the wall colors, the furniture we put in there, you know, we want to walk this whole house thing out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, 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 it's like going from the process of, of making a house into a home. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's the thing I like about, you know, with the work that we do, like, it's not just, um, we have operate re residential operations, right? We have to have uh, people in the halls and we have to make sure that we're providing a safe and an inclusive environment for our students. And we do. But then there's also the other side of that. That's when they're here. What is the what is it that they get to do? And one thing that I've noticed that you give particular attention to, which attracted me uh, to the role, was your particular attention to the professional development of the folks on your team. Can you talk about what your philosophy is on professional development and why you spend, I mean, if I can be honest, you spend so much money and time and attention making sure that we all get that. Um, wh why is that so important in your opinion? 
Yeah, well, you know, I think professional development can come in a lot of ways. Sometimes it involves, you know, using resources, you know, money, money uh, for people to attend conferences. But there's so many great assets uh, and resources within the university. Also, you know, there's right. uh, ways to connect to uh, programs that human resources do. And we have so many talented um, colleges uh, that are also uh, produ- producing professional work. Mm-hmm. Um, out of their disciplines, you know, mm-hmm. we have opportunities to partner and to tap into those resources as well. And of course, you know, as individuals seek to be a part of a larger profession and working in the professional associations for which they, you know, their primary function is under, you know, they may need to go to conferences and and get refreshed up. They may need to get licenses and credentials uh, in order to stay current and to also um, have that level of expertise uh, that that our stakeholders expect from us to be able to have, you know, so I am a big proponent of people self-improving mm-hmm. uh, as a foundation. And sometimes that self-improvement comes from, you know, a myriad of different ways. And, and sometimes it's about getting a credential. Sometimes it's about just getting a perspective. You know what I mean? It's right, like, right. how can people um, challenge um, um, how they are and who they are and how they show up? Um, you know, how can I be a better version of myself um, today than I was yesterday, uh, and then even better tomorrow. And so really doing that critical self-work to figure out um, where are the areas that you can continue to improve while also operating within your strengths. You know, I think individuals need to, um, you know, first view themselves as being successful and able and capable um, and using the strengths and talents um you know, and in some ways, for some folks, they consider to be the gifts, right? Uh, maybe mm-hmm. from a spiritual sense, the gifts that they were given and um, operating within that. I think people exude their best selves when they're operating from their strengths and they're managing, you know, quote unquote weaknesses, right? Or areas mm-hmm. for improvement. So it's just about getting a perspective. And so sometimes it's, you know, it, it, that perspective will lead you down the road of additional training. Sometimes mm-hmm. it'll lead you down the road of introspection. <laughs> you right. figure out who you are and uh, digging deeper to figure out how you how you can continue to improve. Mm-hmm. And a reason why I felt like that question was important to ask you was because, you know, when I think about the parents that listen to this episode and they're going to send their, their children uh, to come and live with us uh, mm-hmm. in some capacity, whether it be in the residence halls or at 2400 Nueces uh, or even our graduate and family housing at some point, I want them to know the caliber of folks that are going to be there some of us live in the buildings and in those spaces with their students. Uh, we show up every day and, and more of us will be showing up every day as we continue to navigate back to campus. But I thought it was important to put that out there just because a lot of the times I feel, I feel like when people hear residents life, they connected to when they were in school and that's the only perspective right. they have. Yeah. And so I'm like, no, nah, it's, it's, it's different now. Uh, you know, it, it's a little bit different. It's not just, the go in your room, go to bed and come out to eat. It's like, no, nah, we got entire uh, learning agendas and strategies yeah. in place for you. And we got people with master's degrees and PhDs connecting with your students uh, every day. So I thought that it was important to share not only uh, your leadership philosophy, but also uh, your professional development so people can see the work that goes into the work that we're doing. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it, I mean, you're so right. It, you know, I, I think student support services, you know, kind of understood as earlier days in residence life and how we've 
formed over time um, to, e- to be even more interconnected um, mm-hmm. within the university context. And I think uh, we've always been a profession that have cared about the needs of students and uh, needed to provide um, you know, food, water, shelter, safety, and all those types of things through housing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, that has evolved as the profession has evolved and the individuals who occupy the positions has evolved. I'm very proud uh, to say that we have a very um, well-educated, um, you know, solid, you know, quality, uh, skilled professionals who work in, including yourself, Dr. Jones. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> who work you. in, uh, you know, residence life. And you're right to say, you know, we have levels of staffing that are necessary uh, to create um, that engagement and, and, and create and deliver the services that we do for students. You know, we have, you know, our resident assistants, our student leaders, um, um, our student employees, desk mm-hmm. assistants, uh, you know, office assistants, other people who are there uh, and important connectors, uh, first line to our students every day, mm-hmm. day in and day out, working and living with them. Then we have, like you mentioned, our um, our graduate uh, assistance compass coordinators, our compass coordinators who have their master's degrees. Mm-hmm. And then we even have our assistant directors who oversee different areas of campus. And through that network of professionals, you know, living in and, and, and operating uh, the areas of campus, you know, we're able to provide a greater level of service. Um, that, that structuring uh, provides for perspective, it provides for resourcing and, and making sure that we show up in the ways that we need to. Yeah, and thank you for responding to that. Um, I wanna shift gears uh, for a second because um, college campuses during 2020 obviously had to you pivot. And I know that that's not everybody's favorite word because we used it a ton uh, in 2020. Somebody even suggested in a meeting the other day, like, can we retire? Pivot. OK, uh, but I wanted to talk to you or get your perspective and thoughts on what it was like to lead a residence life area during a pandemic. Like what what was that like? Because I think that's important for our audience to hear, because a lot of times people that I run into uh, they assume and some and sometimes correctly assume it must have been tough or you all had a lot going on. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, we did. But I also want them to hear the leadership perspective around why we respond the way we respond or some of the thinking that went into uh, some of the things that we did, not necessarily too in-depth, but just wanted to get your, your thoughts on what it was like overseeing a residence life operation during uh, the pandemic. Yeah, well, you know, I think it was it was it was tough all around, you know, uh, Dr. Joseph, this is a, un, this was an unprecedented time, you right. know, uh, kind of in the, in the, at least the recent history or my history, you know, within higher education, um, where we're having to look at, um, learning in a whole new way. And I think, um, I think the toughest part was just not being able to activate all the different strategies and methodology for how we want to engage and work and support students, you know, Um, and having to think about those things, maybe what felt like on a dime, you know, having to turn that around. Mm -hmm. I think what came of it, though, is a welcome opportunity for us to reimagine how we can be present for students in non-traditional ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And and certainly, I think um, our students had a lot to teach us during this time where they were um, you know, they're masters of uh, technology in many ways that we're learning to catch up with, and they're innovative right. in, in many ways. And um, their social uh, media platforms and uh, 
different types of uh, engagements uh, that they're used to. And so I think higher education um, in general um, learned a lot from the people that we served during this time. And for me, um, it was all about, you know, wanting to maximize what we can offer uh, during this time of kind of uh, uh, what grew to be hybrid kind of in person in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had students on the campus all year long. Uh, and so we never really shut down, shut down, you know. Right. Uh, we, we were serving people the whole time, but we had to do it in different ways. And I'm glad that we were able to um, exercise care and safety during uh, the pandemic. And we were able to, um, you know, provide uh, different type of housing for folks where they were able to you know, distance themselves and we put in, you know, procedures and protocols uh, in the halls uh, around sanitation and cleaning mm-hmm. um, and also uh, looked at how we used facilities uh, to keep people safe, trying to maintain some level of interpersonal connection through small, you know, gathering, uh, but also really using technology to stay connected, um, you know, to all of our residents. And then I was really happy to see the campus uh, and the Division of Student Affairs in particular moved towards, um, you know, this past spring in in the larger programming, you know, and right, right. I know that you were kind of a co-chair uh, around those divisional efforts as well mm-hmm. uh, at, at seeing a lot of that happen and a lot of different partners within uh, UHD, University Housing and Dining, we refer to it as, uh, really helped out there as well as around the entire Division uh, of Student Affairs. And so, um, that was really exciting and our students responded really well. And it just reassured, I think, me in, in knowing that there's still a desire to have that close personal connection. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking really forward to how we're going to uh, reestablish ourselves in this new normal um, as we move into the summer and through uh, to the fall uh, to look at how we get back some of the richness of what students uh, may have been missing and craving mm-hmm. um, while still maintaining a level of safety, learning from this time period about ways that we can do things different. And you talk about the word pivot, you know, mm-hmm. um, having to kind of change perspectives and positions, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I kind of see it, you know, as we need to be constantly and consistently adaptive, right? I mean, more than just pivoting, the pivoting and the movement, yeah, definitely has people kind of tired. Um, but I think we need to maintain a flexible mind, right, around what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this uh, pandemic has certainly taught us that. And so I hope that everyone carries that forward um, in thinking about all the things that we previously said weren't possible now became possible. Mm-hmm. So let's keep these possibilities moving, you know what I mean? And let's keep exploring where the areas for flexibility really stand, because I think they're there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes from you during all of this was when I know a lot of schools were we were in a meeting together and we were just talking about what a lot of people were doing in a lot of schools and in no disrespect to any institutions, but people were scaling back. And I remember you looking at me going, no, don't scale back, like keep going, like ramp it up. And yeah, yeah. and I know a lot of people uh, heard that and were like, how's he going to do that? But I knew exactly what you were talking about. Talk to our audience, uh, because I know a lot of people, I get questions about this all the time. And they're like, how did y'all manage to keep going and still put, you know, as we call around here, five star service and support and engagement opportunities for students out there in the midst of this? And I continue to tell people I was like, that was our leadership. 
from Dr. Tyus, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, uh, and then to, to yourself, uh, just saying, don't scale back. Like, no, don't 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 put minimal stuff out there. Ramp it up even where possible. And you yeah. just kind of talked about. Can you can you talk a little bit more about why? Why was that your first thought? Because a lot of people, again, were like, no, we're, we're, we're doing what we can. And, you know, but for us, you were like, no, that's not the standard. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the well, I mean, here's the deal. I mean, you can't scale back when the needs are still great. You know what I mean? That's true. Um, That's true. The pandemic didn't take away uh, students' needs uh, to be supported and engaged. If anything, it increased them. Right. right. I mean, I think the message was according. You know, I mean, we have to be responsive to the needs of the students that we serve. And the time created um, such a newness mm-hmm. that it required us to go into uh, kind of overdrive mode. You know what I mean? We had to yeah. be more out there than we previously had been because we needed to do things different and also fulfill the needs and the wants and the desires and all the realities of the new normal that emerged as we continue to engage it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we were kind of, you know, I think there's an expression kind of, you know, building the plane as you're flying it in some ways. Oh, yes. Now, there's some, <laughs> there <were> some <laughs> foundational pieces that, you know, never change about how we deliver service, but things had to be adjusted. And so I think the only appropriate message at at a time like this um, is keep going, ramp it up. Let's um, let's refocus our energies on making sure we're meeting the needs. Now, you know, you know, people may hear that and say, well, you know, folks need to also take heed to their mental health and, you know, and balance and all those types of things. And I'm with that, too. And I also share that message, you know, Mm -hmm. alongside this message of continuing to provide. Right. Um, both things have to be done and both things can be done. It's about how you differently do, mm. differently do. not 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 do <laughs> differently. <laughs> right. And I think that was the piece that, you know, we could not uh, abide. We cannot abide ourselves to be not doing things mm-hmm. we had to differently do them. So um, you were clear about that <laughs> was was getting met with some resistance because I'm like, you know, we still have a program to run. Right. right. We have to figure out how we do that. Um, and I was just so pleased with the ways that not only our staff responded, mm-hmm. but also how our students responded. Right. They oh, never yeah. gave up on us. Never. So we could not give up on them. That's right. That's true. And and you're absolutely right. You know, when we had Robert uh, on the show in November, that was one of the things that he talked about was just the fact that it's just been amazing to see the students response and the campus community, you know, everything we've put out there, you know, it, it's been met with overwhelming positivity. I mean, we just did destination spring break a few weeks ago and the campus community from parents and visitors, everybody was just so amazed at the fact that we're working hard to still engage during this pandemic. And I know that there's parents that were making the decision on where to send their students because of that week. And we had two parents tell us that personally that, oh yeah, my daughter's going here. My son's going here now because if y'all are taking care of people like this during a pandemic, well, I know my kid is going to be in good hands. And so, yeah, that to me, that was the ultimate compliment knowing that because we stuck to your vision, stuck to the plan and it was tough, but managing to do it, uh, I think that that was that you, you were spot on in what you were saying in the differently doing. It was definitely different, but we still did it. And so yeah, I, I, I appreciate right. you saying that. Yeah. So yeah, and, and our yeah. students are our heroes there. You know, Dr. Oh, Jones, yeah. students are the real heroes and 
the staff showed up, they're heroes too, not just our staff, but all right. the staff in the department, right? Uh, from food service to facilities, to, mm -hmm. our, to our HR, to our business services, to our IT, you know, everyone was showing up, um, yeah. including our team. But, you know, when I think about what really got us through, I do think about the students mm -hmm. because if it were not for them, right, we right. were doing what we were doing and they had enough wherewithal, they had enough uh, courage, they had enough desire and drive to have that college experience. And they saw housing and dining mm -hmm. as being foundational to that. Mm -hmm. And they showed up. And even those who did not show up that would have wanted to show up, you know, understand and respect the choices they had to make with their families and what they perceived to be their needs and their safety and at the time. Totally get right. that. Right. Um, and looking forward to having them back or having them on for the first time. Yes. But no matter where students were, in or out of our residence halls and apartments, they showed up for the campus. They showed up for the institution. They still wanted to get engaged. And so right. the only right thing to do in turn is to make sure we we show up with them. Mm -hmm. And that's another interesting thing about what we do is the fact that we don't just serve the students that live with us. Um, why is that important? Because uh, I get asked that question all the time. They're like, wait, 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 you work in residence life. I'm like, I do. They're like, but the students that are attending that event were majority people that live in Riverside or in different parts of the city. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And they're like, what does your boss think about that? I was like, it was his idea. He signed he signed the check for the event. <laughs> so wh why do you feel like that's important, especially at a school like the University of Texas at Austin, 53,000, 52,000 students. We're at the heart of Austin, Texas. Why is supporting everybody? Uh, so important, especially when we're our primary focus is uh, people who live in the spaces that we own. Yeah. Well, you know, I really um, give a lot of credit to our um, vice president and dean of students, Dr. Mm -hmm. Santiago Reyes Lilly, around the vision, around making sure that the division of student affairs uh, really sees itself as one mm -hmm. that serves all students. Right. And from her vision is enacted our vision through our our assistant vice president, Dr. Marilyn Tyus, um, who also calls on us to be good campus citizens, which right. means that, you know, we show up for our colleagues uh, in ways that we can continue to support their efforts at uh, enriching students' lives and, and on the academic side and also the non-academic side. Um, so that's why it's important because, you know, Longhorns are Longhorns no matter where they live. Correct. And we are professionals that are situated in the context of university housing and dining. So of course we have a primary mission and purpose to serving the students who live with us. Mm -hmm. We also have ability and capacity to show up and be present for other students as well. And that's why I see myself and I see the team and I see our efforts as belonging to the profession mm -hmm. of student affairs. Mm -hmm. We belong to the profession of student affairs and student affairs work uh, is, is, is endless. Um, it is boundary spanning, um, you know, uh, it is fluid. And we will always prioritize a primary mission towards serving those who live with us and who pay to live with us. Um, and also, mm -hmm. we will see ourselves uh, as the professionals that we are uh, with a larger mission 
towards serving all Longhorns, uh, wherever and whenever we can do that. Yeah, thank you for saying that. That's yeah. Shout out to the student affairs profession for sure. I, I, I love the way you captured that. What can parents, families, students, faculty, staff that are listening to this episode, what can they expect from residence life in the days ahead? I know it's April and we're approaching graduation season and a lot of people are like, OK, they're probably going to vacation and dial it back a little bit. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. That's not how we move. No, what no. We're, you know, we're going to go strong to the end. You know, okay. we're going to the end of the semester and even you know, through the summer and what we're able to provide, you know, the mm-hmm. campus is still evaluating and looking at uh, how we're going to operate, you know, within the summer and how we're going to operate uh, as we pre- prepare to come back for the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, university leadership has already signaled a strong return. And so we'll see the ways in which we'll have to um, implement new policies or practices and how we'll have to move uh, differently, but we're going to show up. We're going to be present and, um, you know, hoping that everything continues to go well uh, in terms of lower transmission, uh, infection, and, and ultimately, you know, death rates with COVID-19. And um, so that um, individuals hopefully are, you know, if they're able to and wanting to get in the vaccine, uh, keeping themselves safe through their choices mm-hmm. um, and, and setting up a situation uh, where we can come back um, I don't want to say to normal, right? Because we talked about it being the new normal. We have a new normal that's going to be coming up, but coming back to in-person education and some kind of a hybrid model, I'm sure, um, you know, successfully. And so, you know, parents, families, you know, you all can expect that we're going to, um, I think as as uh, this generation say, we're going to go hard. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Your, you're going to go hard for your students and for your, your children. We know how important they are to you. They're important to us. Um, and we're going to do everything that we can uh, to make sure we meet their needs and, and their wants and, uh, and their interests, you know, during that time. You know, that's why it's important not to just surf, you know, uh, and just kind of continue to you know, skate. We're not, we're not going to skate. We're going to we're going to climb. We're going to move up um, because the needs, like I said before, the needs don't change. If anything, they've increased. Mm-hmm. And we have to um, step up to respond to that and also continue to innovate. Right. Because if there were not a pandemic, you know, we would still be needing to figure out ways to grow and to learn and um, to challenge ourselves to be a better version of who we were yesterday and even who we will be tomorrow. Right. Mm-hmm. So that stuff doesn't change. And so, you know, expecting the days ahead. Uh, more great things to come. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I think the last question that I have for you would be because um, you, you kind of answered it a little bit, but I want to give you a chance to just elaborate one last time. Um, watch for those parents who are listening and considering, considering letting their kids stay with us. Why should they choose us? Why should they choose UHD? I'm going to let you take us home with that one. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, the city of Austin has a, a lot of great things to offer. Um, and I think the University of Texas at Austin um, is among its, you know, its jewel. Mm-hmm. And UT Austin, um, I've been here five and a half years um, and I've enjoyed every minute of being here. Um, it's a magnificent place um, where just first rate um, research and service is conducted. Mm-hmm. First rate programs, 
um, you know, the highest caliber, thinking about the ways in which we lead the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember becoming immediately attracted to the motto, you know, what starts here changes the world. And I found through my experience, it really uh, does. And this university is serious about its business. Mm-hmm. When I think about university housing and dining and all the things that we've talked about so far today, um, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, living on campus is a transformative type of experience. It's not just a transactional, it's transformative. And I recognize that it, you know, it comes at a cost and not everyone can assume that cost. And so we, we do get that. Um, my hope is that uh, students are able to find ways um, through support, loans, um, grants, other types of ways that they can um, have the experience even if it's for one, two, three, four years, um, because there is such a close connection to what we do and what services are provided on the campus. Mm-hmm. And so it's foundational in many ways. And students can get a lot of that even if they don't live with us, but the ready-made connections that we have on campus kind of speed up the process of having students be able to access those resources. And when students are struggling to figure out how to navigate, mm-hmm. we're there for them. We're there for them in that way uh, that's personal and it's up close. Um, and we talked about the varying levels of staff who uh, make themselves available, including myself, to students. Um, you know, even within my role as senior director, you know, I choose to engage um, in the academic space as an assistant mm-hmm. professor of practice in the program for higher education leadership. And also, you know, working through with you in the fall, right? right uh, as right. you work uh, within uh, undergraduate studies, you know, we're creating um, opportunities to engage in and outside the classroom, um, even though our primary duty is to housing. Um, but that's how we are as connectors. Mm-hmm. And so I think parents, families, students, you all will find that we don't just care about your housing needs. We care about your whole needs. Right. And our professional staff and our student staff is uniquely positioned to be able to help you get connected in all areas that will be important to you. So I think, you you know, rest assured to know you have, you know, members on a housing team who have connections and involvement with other places on the campus. Right. We have backgrounds uh, within the academic areas as well. And as you mentioned, you know, we have a very well-educated staff mm-hmm. um, who have pursued degrees, not only just in higher education, but also business and communication degrees and various things. I myself have a bachelor's degree in communications and political mm-hmm. science, master's in organizational communication, and a doctorate in higher ed leadership administration. You know, so the experiences are varied, you know, and when we're able to bring all that to the table. And so I just think it's so important uh, that students find the place where they're gonna be centered and set up for success. And I sure hope that university housing and dining is the place they choose. Listen, that's the best way to close us out, folks. Thank you, Dr. Kirksey, for taking the time to visit with us today. Stick around, gotta do some wrap up stuff at the end of the recording. Uh, But for everybody else, 
continue uh, listening and supporting and subscribing to the show. Also, you can access us wherever you find your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and also on the Liberal Arts Instructional Technology Studio website, which is also the studio that edits and publishes every episode. So shout out to Jacob Weiss and his team over in the Lates area. And so again, this has been the Leadership Innovation Ventures and Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Jones, and we'll see you all next time. Take care. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. To catch the next installment, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. This podcast was recorded and edited in collaboration with the LAITS Development Studios Audio Department. More information can be found at liberalarts.utexas.edu slash LAITS. The intro song was composed by Ian Herrera, and you can find his work at ianherrera.com. The outro song was composed by Noah Keller, and you can find more of his work at noahdkeller.com. We'll see you next time.